0: Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Balan in one of the Sunday morning services. So, As we move into the season of celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, I believe the birth of Lord Jesus Christ conveys so many messages to mankind. The moment we think about the birth of Lord Jesus Christ, I don't know what comes in your mind, you know, at times, uh, there are many things that comes in our mind. The stars, comes in a star that comes in our minds. And the wise men, and the baby which was born in the manger, Mary and Joseph. And, you know, most of us remember the nativity play that we used to do. And, you know, we just recollect our memories and we bring something in front of us. But I also believe that the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ tells so much about the heart of God. Who our God is. And this morning, I would like to turn your attention to three aspects of the heart of God. Or three aspects of who our God is. Number one, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ tells us about God's affinity with mankind. God's affinity or God's love towards mankind. Secondly, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ tells us about God's enmity with Satan. Thirdly, scripture says the birth of Lord Jesus Christ reveals us about the eternity. So the next three weeks, I would like to, you know, uh, share the word of God in a short, small series. First today on God's affinity towards mankind. And next week, if God willing, God's enmity with Satan. And thirdly, God's plan for eternity moment jesus was born on this earth certainly we realize the love of god coming in the form of a human being and the same way satan immediately realized that god almighty is fulfilling his promise the prophecy which was spoken in the garden of eden that son of man is coming in the form of a seed of a woman and he is going to crush his head so jesus christ came to this world in order to destroy the works of the devil that's what scripture says And thirdly it is a great hope and assurance for you and me so that our life is not going to end on this earth our life is going to get into eternity and today the first week I would like to title my message as God's affinity with mankind God's affinity with mankind you know if you look at the definition of affinity Affinity is a spontaneous or natural liking or sympathy towards something or somebody. Now you walk on the other side of the street and different people like different things. Some of you see a beautiful signboard there which says ice cream, right? You all like ice cream, right, Sister Mercy? Yeah, so we all like ice cream, right? So we all love ice cream. So the moment we see a board which says ice cream, And, you know, we just stop for a moment and we develop an affinity within us. It's a spontaneous affinity and that doesn't stop with our eyes. It works in our tongue too. And then, you know, in a moment we just want to drive towards that ice cream parlor and we would like to have ice cream over there. You know, that's what exactly is affinity. So the birth of Lord Jesus Christ tells us God's affinity with mankind, the spontaneous love that God Almighty has for you and for me. You know, it's just simply God's nature to love us. God is defined that way. God is what He is. He is just nature to love us. His nature to love us. You know, think about the way He is loving us. He created us. Scripture says He created us in His own image. He did not create angels in His own image. He did not create another being in His own image. He created you and me in His own image. That's what Scripture says. And not only that, when he created us, the men fell into, this, into sin, the human being, they fell into sin and he gave his own son for you and me. His love continues. In spite of, in spite of what we do, he still loves us and he, his love is, is continuing still and scripture says he is going to come back to this world in order to take you and me back home. You know, he is such a loving God. His love is beyond measure. Nobody can understand, nobody can comprehend his love. He is beyond measure, his love is beyond measure. He is such a loving God. It is God's nature to love us. And scripture in fact calls us, you and me, as children of God. Have you ever thought of that? Children of God. Somebody is called as a child if he is born of someone. And we can say he is such and so and so's child. And scripture says you and I are born of God. And we are children of God first John 3 1 says behold what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God you and I are child of God are children of God scripture says it is so precious to know that we are children of God we are born out of him and this precious love of God even though it's a universal love it is so specific and so personal to each and every one of you. You know, that's the reason we are able to have a you know, personal relationship with God. We as a church, we have a relationship with God Almighty. Not only that, we have a personal relationship with God. If you don't have a personal relationship God, with God, you come on Sunday to church and you develop that relationship with God and you speak to Him and you just go away and you forget God. But we don't do that. We don't forget our God. We take Him around. Wherever we go, He is with us at home. In our workplaces, He is with us. That's only because His love is so personal. We uh, we have developed a personal relationship with God Almighty. God's love is a personal love. God's love is a personal love. Now I would like you to open this envelope that you got in your hands. Just have a look what it is. God says, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I'm familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs of your head are numbered. For you are made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and when you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who do not know me. I am not distant and angry, but I am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider, and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand of on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul. And I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desire of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encounter. I am also the father, sorry, I am your greatest encourager. I am also the father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are broken hearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day I will wipe away every tear from your eyes and I will take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your father and I love you you even as I love my son Jesus for in Jesus my love for you is revealed he is the exact he is the exact representation of my being he came to demonstrate that I am for you not against you and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the was the ultimate expression of my life for, love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I may gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I will throw the biggest party in heaven. Has ever seen. I have always been father and I will always be father. My question is will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love, you are dead, God Almighty. The birth of our Lord Jesus Christ tells us how much He loves us. As we said, His love is a personal love. His love is a personal love. The way God loves you, no one else can understand. Your spouse may not understand the way God loves you because that love is so precious, so special, just made only for you, just cut out only for you. He is a loving Father who is in heaven. And this morning we are trying to understand God's affinity with mankind. The kind of love that God has for you and me. We can describe the love in many different ways. And in whatever way we try to describe the love of God, it's not enough this morning. We cannot do it. But within a little time, we try to do things here. We are trying to understand God's affinity with us. God's love is more than human love. God's love is called the Gepay love. You know, there are many, the love love is defined in many different ways. Filial love. Eros love. And Agape Law. Agape law means it is a God's love, it is an unconditional love, it is a sacrificial love, and it is a love beyond limit that we can ever imagine, we can ever get out of a human being. Such a love is God's love. And God's love is scripture says it's an agape law. We are trying to understand what is the agape law of God's love. We are trying to understand God's affinity with the human. Let's spend a few minutes on Agape law of our God. Agape love is not a human origin. You know, most of the time, in our family, as children and parents and husband and wife, we know what we need to do in order to get love. What do we do in order to get love? If you want to be loved by someone, what do we do? Any word, anything? Yeah. We kiss them, okay. You show love to them, then... We give gifts to them so that, you know, they will love. Okay. Anything else? Good. Impress them, right? Impress them. You just do everything and make sure everything is good and just impress. And then, you know, you just get loud. Good. Now, we do so many things in order to get loud, right? So, we do so many physical expressions we show. And we show emotional expressions and we, you know, gain love. We we show love in order to get to be loud, you know that's how human love works moment you stop loving do you think that you will be loud? no right there are exceptions there are exceptions right moment you stop loving and you stop receiving love so love is mutual you give love and you receive love so most of the love that we see around is human origin but God's love agape love is not human origin it initiates from God Almighty. So that's the reason that love is an unconditional love. No matter how sinful we are, still he loves us with the same love as he loves a holy man, as somebody who is trying to live holy. He loves everybody in the same way. He is such a God who, who is not partial. We can say that Agape love is the highest of all loves. It's a supreme love. It's a supreme love. You know, if you want to straight away, you want to realize that love, how much God loves us, how much Jesus loves us, that love of God was displayed at the cross. As Jesus was laying down his life for you and me, he displayed the love at the cross. That's agape love, without any condition. That particular love, the agape love, is not self-seeking. It's not trying to get something for ourselves. But it constantly seeks the benefit of others. You know, that's what exactly God did. God did not, you know, try to do, seek something for himself. No. He gave his son so that you and I may have life. So that we may have life today. That's the reason he gave us life. So without any expectation, God sent his son. He loves us. And that's agape love of God. Most of the time, when God pours that love in our hearts, as children of God, We too show that agape love, agape love to others. You know, that's what God expects in us. God expects us to show that agape love of God to others. You know, it's very difficult because as human, you know, we are overpowered with other kind of love. Whereas God is trying to show, God is trying to tell us that my son, my daughter, you need to show that agape love to others. Agape love is like a love that considers others better than us. You know it's very difficult to understand that point you know at times you know we think that we are the best but agape law helps us to understand there are some people who are better than us right so it is a law that helps us to look at somebody and assume that and think that they are probably they have something in their lives god is using them god is speaking to them god is god god is dealing with them god is loving them in the same way he loves me god is loving them in the same way he loves others you know that's agape love of god you know there is a beautiful scripture we can we can, we can you know uh, that characterizes or that describes the agape love of god let's turn to first corinthians chapter 13 or we can get that in the screen first corinthians chapter 13 we have right there the agape love of god is very beautifully described In these couple of scriptures, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Things no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things endures all things you know these are the characteristics of God's love another version says somewhere that this particular love does not keep any record of wrong you know some of us you know uh, has done something wrong in our lives maybe you know something which we have done against our parents or against our spouses you know at times when we sit together for discussion these things will spring up in our minds because we keep record of those things God's love, the agape love of God, scripture says, it does not keep any record of wrong things that we did or it has happened in our life. You know, it is very essential that you and I need to have that agape love. If we do not have that agape love, when we look at somebody, we will look at you know, them with their mistakes. But this agape love, when we get in our lives, we will be able to look at them the way God looks at them. Is, it, is that clear this morning? You know when we are filled with this love god gives us the ability not to look at the negative things not look at the, not look look at the errors in their lives but it helps us to look at them the way god looks at them and god is telling us this morning you and i need this agape love of god Let, let's let's take it a little more further god's love the way god expresses his love towards us god expresses his love or god Wants us to express the love of God in this fashion. As we read in John chapter 13 verse 34. Jesus said a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another. With an agape love. As I have loved you. That you also love one another. You know the way I have loved you. Jesus said to the disciples. I came from heaven. So I have the love of the father in me. And with the love of the father I am able to love you. And jesus looked at the disciples and the people around him and said and you also need to love one another with the same love not with the filial love that that's called the brotherly love or with the eros love that's called the you know a love that comes out of sexual relationship that's not the love that god wants us to love others with but instead god wants us to love others with the agape love that really comes from god how that love comes from god as we read it from that scripture you know, God has given us hope, and He has poured out that love in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. The love of God comes in our hearts through the Spirit of God. The reason is, only Spirit of God can touch our hearts. Jesus came to this world, He shed His precious blood, and He died for us, and He, he, he was a mediator between God and men, and He accomplished His work. And the reason why he left the Spirit of God in this world is just simply because only the Spirit of God can touch our heart and our soul, our interior. And when our life is touched by the Holy Spirit, through the Spirit of God, Scripture said says, the love of God is poured into our hearts. And that's the agape love. So God wants us to love other believers with the agape love. And he also said something in Matthew 5, 40, 44. But I say to you, love your enemies with the same love. Bless those who curse you. Do do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And God expects us to love others with the agape love. He also expects us to love our enemies with the agape love. Think about enemies who spoke about wrong things about you, who, who, who hurt you, you know, without any reason. Think about your enemies, you know, who are trying to work, trying to do things in the background so that you may fall at any moment. You know, they, they, are, they are just there to rejoice in, in your fall. Think about such enemies that you may have in your life. Think about, you know, some of your neighbors, some of the people around us. They are not just expecting you to be good. You know, God expects us to love them too with the love of God. Secondly, this agape love is an unconditional love. Unconditional love. Now God's love is a love, as I said, that initiates. It, 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 never, it, it, comes, it never comes as a response. It always initiates love. The moment you go and sit down in the feet of, at the feet of God and start praying, you feel the love of God. Before even you are able to love Him, you feel the love of God. You know for you to love him you need to just get out of all the other things that we are dealing with right the moment you go and sit, sit for prayer your mind is not there right not there at all it's just wandering so many things that has happened in the day but then you know before you come to an understanding with God he pours his love he prepares you for a time of communion communication with God through prayer so God's love is initiated just by him. Without, he, he's not just waiting for a response. He's not just even waiting for you to love him. He just loves you. That is the unconditional love of God. You know, if God is not doing it, think about it. None of us can receive his love. If God is not loving us without any condition, none of us can qualify to receive that love of God. God loves us without any condition. No matter who we are, the moment you call upon his name, his love comes out of him. And His love is an amazing love. God's love is also impartial love because Romans chapter 2 verse 11 says for there is no partiality with God that simply means God's love is impartial that's what I said the same way God loves each and every one of you the same way he loves those who are not coming to church he loves everybody with the same love those who are trying to live in sin those who are rebelling those who are not trying to do things against God those who are trying to persecute this church you know God loves them equally as he loves you and me you know that's the truth the moment we realize the truth we understand the truth we realize the unconditional love of God if God is not loving them God cannot love me because I'm not different at times I fail God miserably I do wrong things which may not be pleasing God if God is not loving them God cannot love me too you know that's the reason God's love is unconditional. God doesn't love us expect expecting something in return as we said people in this world they expect something in return when we love somebody there should be an exchange of love in this world but God really doesn't expect anything in return in anything in return he loves us unconditionally loves us unconditionally at times you know God's love is not depending on how do we how 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 is our relationship with God it does not really depend on our performance how good we are doing things for god at times god loves unconditionally i'm trying to you know, put different words i'm trying to teach you tell you how unconditional the love of god is all that we need to understand is how unconditional the love of god is you know <clears throat> at times you know today we we may not be able to accept somebody we may not be able to accept him as a good spouse, good husband, or a good wife, or a good child, or a good, you know, friend. But God accepts them as they are. Just as they are. You know, that's the truth. That is unconditional. God doesn't put a condition saying that, you go and, you know, correct yourself and come back and then I will love you. No, God doesn't put a condition. God just loves as just as we are. That is unconditional love of God. You know, at times when we sin, we are kind of alienated from God. Original men, human, when they sinned, they had a great separation between God. And that separation comes even in our lives. When we do wrong things against God, when we sin against God, when we carry unconfessed sin within our lives, we feel that we are kind of separated from God. Generally, if we look at the whole human being, they are totally separated from God they are totally alienated from God they reject God they outward against God in fact they develop enmity with God right they try to do things against God but in spite of all this are going on God still loves us Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God but God's love never got diminished God love God's love is the same Romans 5, 7 and 8, scripture says, Romans 5, 7 and 8, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. In that, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us when we were living in our sinfulness. That's unconditional love of God. Ephesians 2, 4 and 3, 4 uh, 4 to 5, scripture says, Even when we were dead in our trespasses, God brought us together with him through Christ Jesus. Because of his great love with which he loved us. Because of his great love with which he loved us, he brings us back to God. That's unconditional love of God. The third one is the sacrificial love of God. The third third way or the second way to understand the agape love of God is the sacrificial love of God is God's love. Sacrificial love of God. Someone who is willing to sacrifice for someone else's benefit. The love that God made God Almighty to give His only Son as a sacrifice at the cross is the sacrificial love of God. Nobody will dare to do that. Our God did. Our God did. The kind of relationship, think about the kind of relationship you and your son, and you and your daughter have today. How precious he or she is to you. It was the same relationship Father and Son Jesus they had. How precious your son is to you, the same way Son Jesus was so precious to God Almighty same relationship but jesus was sacrificed just simply because the love, the sacrificial love of god almighty john chapter 15 verse 13 says john fifteen thirteen, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends and who are the friends you and i we are the friends of lord jesus so jesus was allowed to lay down his life Since God Almighty considers you and me so precious, that's the sacrificial love of God. Think about Lord Jesus Christ as he was going through the cross, the cruel death at the cross, the six long hours of pain and agony as he was going through, he never gave up just simply because of his sacrificial love of his sacrificial love. When he was stretching his hands and allowing his hands to be nailed at the cross, he was able to do it because just only because he was filled with that sacrificial love. And today you and I will be able to do that. We will be able to stretch out our hands. We will be able to do things for others without expecting anything in return only when we are filled with that sacrificial love. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15. 2 Corinthians 12, 15, in his life, he spent the entire lifetime for the sake of the gospel. At some point of time later in his life, when he turns back and this is what he says, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for your soul. Now I'm willing, very gladly, I'm willing to spend the rest of my life for the gospel, for your souls. I'm willing to spend and to be spent for your souls that is the sacrificial love of god think about lord jesus christ as he was crucified at the cross he was able to forgive them that was the sacrificial love of god think about stephen you know as he was brought before the proconsul and as they were willing to stone jesus uh, sorry stephen to death as stephen looked up he saw lord jesus christ standing at in the, the heavens door and he knelt down and uh, he was about to give a spirit because he was torn to death miserably, and he was about to give a spirit, and he knelt down. Scripture says in Acts 7:60, then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, "Lord, do not charge them with this sin of killing me. Lord, do not charge them. Lord, forgive them. Lord, that was the Gape's sacrificial love of God. Sacrificial love of God. It takes something out of our lives." And gives to other others, those who are in need. It always makes us to cry and worry for someone's soul. You know, that's the reason I I really admire those who are you know making doing intercessory prayer because they, you know, sacrifice their convenience, their comforts when they are praying for somebody, someone who whom they are not even never seen. They are praying for a nation. You know, they probably, they could hardly spell that nation. But they are able to stand in the gap and pray for some cause, which is so common. And it is nothing personal, but they are able to do it. That's a sacrificial love they have. And finally, the sacrificial love is also a demanding love. The agape love of God is a demanding love. There are a couple of things the love of God demands out of us. Number one, it demands repentance. It demands repentance how do we know we know as the spirit of god is writing to the churches he says in revelation three nineteen, as many as i love and god says i love with an agape love i rebuke and chasten therefore be zealous and repent you know this love of god demands repentance from you and me why because he loves us with an unconditional love for our betterment for us to be good He rebukes us he chastens us so that we can repent and we can turn to God so the love of God number one it demands repentance number two the same love of God demands holiness Lord said as he was loving the children of Israel taking them through the wilderness he said you shall be holy for I am holy you shall be holy for I am holy number two the love of God the agape love of God demands holiness from our lives number three Deuteronomy 18:13, you shall be blameless before the Lord your God, or you shall be perfect before the Lord your God, Lord your God, that expects perfection in our lives. God's love demands perfection in our lives. The things that we do, God expects us to do willfully, perfectly. God expects us to do things perfectly without blame. Finally, God's love is a demanding love that demands us to sacrifice. Sorry, that demands us to serve. That demands us to serve. Let's read from John chapter 21, the words of Jesus. You know, if you want to set the context for these scriptures, Jesus rose from the dead, and he was appearing to the disciples in many different times. And one fine morning, Jesus was standing in the river, in in, the sea of Tiberias, and Jesus was standing at, the, standing at the side of the river, at the side of the ocean, and he looked at the disciples who went for went for ship uh, fishing. And as the disciples they went back to their profession. Peter told, "I'm going for shipping, uh, fishing." And uh, that's a problem since we are living in Halifax. Shipping is so common. So, so uh, Peter took the uh, Peter was getting ready to you know go for fishing, and all the disciples said, "Come on, let's go," because Jesus was there and he was crucified and he people say that he appeared here and there and I remember vaguely he appeared to us also once but I'm not sure where he is and we don't hear anything good about Jesus anymore come on let's go for go back to our old profession so Peter went and all the disciples said come on let's go they all went and who came there Jesus came there and he called them children do you have anything to eat he called them and who realized that it was Jesus? Peter realized. And they said, Lord, we toiled all over the night. The same story repeats again. And we got nothing. And Jesus said, cast, cast your net to the right. And they cast the net to the right and they caught they plenty of fishes. <laughs> and they got plenty of fish. And as they reached the shore, Jesus put fire there. And he already cooked fishes. And he said, get some more fish that from me what you got and then peter realized that it was god almighty and they had breakfast and then jesus spoke these scriptures these words next slide john 21 verses 15 through 17 so when they had eaten breakfast jesus said to simon peter simon son of jonah do you love me more than these We are talking about the sacrificial love of God, the agape love of God, demands us to serve him. Demands us to serve God. Jesus looked at Simon and this is what he said, Simon son of Jonah, do you love me more than this? He said to him, yes Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lamb. Then again, Jesus said to him again, second time, Simon son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. What does it mean, feed my sheep? God is calling us to serve him. The agape love of God, the unconditional love of God, the sacrificial love of God demands each and every one of us to serve God Almighty and I believe this morning God is speaking to us the birth of Lord Jesus Christ it reminds you and me the heart of God the love of God and that love expects us to walk in repentance that love expects us to live holy that expects that love expects us to do things in a perfect way that that love expects us to serve God Almighty and this morning it should be our response as we listen to the Word of God, Lord, what do I respond as I receive your love every day, every week in my life? And I realize that you love me. And Lord, what do I bring as a response to your love? He doesn't expect, but he expects you to serve, to show that unconditional love, that sacrificial love to others by serving God. And this morning, I leave that to God and ask the Spirit of God to work in your life. Let's close our eyes. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami at balin at hipm.org. God bless you.